let's just pray. Father, thanks for today. Thanks for gathering us here and uh, giving us this lesson to learn more about your spirit, the gift that you have given to us. pray that as we uh, learn more about him, that we would learn to treasure him and to uh, love him for the ways that he reveals Christ to us. Praise and praise him. Amen. Amen. Um, so let's start again by reciting the Apostles' Creed together in the beginning. I believe, I believe in God, God the Father Almighty, the Maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, His only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day He rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven, and sits on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From there He shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and life everlasting. Amen. Oh, no, no. Alright, so this morning we are, um, as you can tell, we are going to focus on the line, I believe in the Holy Spirit. And yeah, we'll just, actually even before we begin, are there like, what do you guys, what have you heard about the Holy Spirit? Uh, what do you, what's your impression of Spirit? He makes Tyler. you roar like a lion. He what? Makes you roar like a lion. The Holy Spirit makes you roar like a lion? You fall on the floor. He, fall on the floor. Yeah, there's uh, lots of YouTube videos, funny YouTube videos out there. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I think there's like, uh, I think Michael is joking around, but then uh, there are lots of uh, misconceptions about who the Holy Spirit is, what it's like. Uh, so actually we'll just, we don't have that much time, so we'll just uh, go through. Um, so the first, the first line, who is the Holy Spirit? I just want to cover this really quickly, uh, and this just talks about how the Holy Spirit is part of the Trinity, and part of that means that number one, the Holy Spirit is God. Uh, Wade, you want to read that? Line yeah. From but Peter said, Ananias, why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Spirit and to keep back for yourself part of the proceeds of the land? While while it remained unsold, did it not remain your own? And after it was sold, was it not at your disposal? Why is it that you have contrived this deed in your heart? You have not lied to man, but to God. Um, I don't want to go too much in depth about like the Trinity and like the importance that of like everybody being God and not one or being one but three persons and stuff like that. But uh, I think it's significant that the Holy Spirit is God, right? The idea that He is omniscient, so He's constantly with us. He's, uh, I mean, He's omnipresent, so He's constantly with us. Omniscient, so He knows. Uh, Everything he knows how to lead us and guide us, and I think like uh, I was kind of like reminded of you know you guys watch like action movies and in Mission Impossible Ghost Protocol. There's always like uh, those like techie guys who are like like they hack into the computer mainframe and then they can like look at things from the com- like through the security cameras and they can control like elevators and tell the action hero like where everybody's coming from and like kind of like lead them and guide them. And I feel like. That's like a bad analogy, but I feel like that's kind of like the Holy Spirit. He like hacks into like the Matrix, and he's like, "Go left, go right. There's a telephone over there." Uh, and he like guides us and helps us to, and he like kind of like blocks the bad guys. Um, and so, right, the Holy Spirit being God, he can lead us. Um, <laughs> any thoughts? Is hacker? Yes. What did you learn in Sunday school today, Jeff? What, wait, what is he hacking into? No, he's just like, it's not that he's hacking into stuff as much as he's like, 
aware of everything. He knows kind of like so he doesn't how need to that guide he knows before he hacks. You know you're being recorded, right? Yeah. It's okay. Marshall will edit this out. <laughs> we had to commend Eric for being adventurous. Yes. Yes. With coming up with, uh, with illustrations. It, no, that's a, that's a no, very... If you never swing, you'll never hit. Yes. You also miss. <laughs> okay, we'll go on. So, 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 so Jesus is like Tom Cruise, you're saying? <laughs> yes, he he binds the strong man, he sets his captives free. You're starting all to right. learn your your movie illustrations. But the point is that he's like he knows all. Yeah. He just uh, the idea that God, uh, Holy Spirit is can uh, we can trust him, he uh, leads us to safety. Okay, anyway. Uh, and the second point, the Holy Spirit is a person. Uh, let's see. Mary Lou, can you just read uh, the line for Romans? Okay. Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. Um, we didn't know what to pray for as we did. But the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And Gary from Let us Let no corrupting talk come out of your uh, mouth, but only such as is good for holding up and spits the occasion. And let me give grace for those who hear. May I grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Right. Um, and so the idea that the Holy Spirit is an actual being with emotions and feelings, that He cares for us, that He uh, intercedes for us, that He loves us, and that He can be like grieved. And I think this kind of like goes against the, again, like that misconception that the Holy Spirit is kind of like this like power that you can tap into. It's like the force. The force, right? Yeah, I think uh, Star Wars is like. Like captures like what people typically think of like when they think of like the Holy Spirit. It's kind of like you can be strong <laughs> in the Force, um, but the Force is an impersonal being, right? It doesn't matter. It doesn't care if you're like a Jedi or a Sith Lord. It's just kind of like it just cares about like balance. Uh, but the Holy Spirit <laughs> is a person and he cares deeply about uh, yeah good and evil. He loves us. Uh, the access person. And I think, like, uh, another way to think about this is, like, I think that for me, typically, the only time I'll, like, sometimes the only times I'll, like, pray uh, or go to uh, God is when I have problems or I'm, like, going through some stuff. And so I kind of, like, look at uh, God or I look at, like, the Spirit as more of, like, um, kind of like an ATM machine. Like, I'll just go and, like, push some buttons whenever I need things. Uh, but it feels like a person... You don't do that, right? Like that's you'd be kind of like a bad friend, or like if you only go to someone when you need something, and not to actually have a relationship with them, but just what you can get out of them. There's like words for people. Like, what? Gold digger, or <laughs> I, I think it's just amazing. I mean, what is true of the spirit is also true of the Trinity. That uh, that God is grieved, right? The spirit is grieved, and uh, I typically think of. Um, God has made me mad or maybe disappointed when I sin. Uh, but grieving is not something that I typically think, you know, and, and uh, because and it really helps me to understand what sin is. Sin isn't just breaking rules, it's uh, a betrayal of the relationship, right? And so um, that's like wonderful incentive for holiness, right? Yeah, wonderful, or, or to think of holiness as um, as fidelity to God rather than as following it. Uh, 
good. That, that reminds me of like uh, the story that my friend tells of how one time, like I guess he used to be a club though, and so he would steal a lot from like his like parents and stuff like that, go into like their savings uh, to their piggy bank. And then one time, like when his dad caught him, his dad just like started like weeping and beating him. <laughs> and he was like, he said, why are you crying? Like, I'm the one, I'm the one suffering, yeah. Uh, but the idea that like, the dad wasn't just like beating him for like not following the rules, but like he was like grieved. Uh, I think it's a good picture. <laughs> All right, so that's, yeah, that's all the grieving, that, not the punishment. He's a hacker part. slash grieving. Uh, yeah, the Holy Spirit cares for us and grieves over us. Um, so if you turn over, we'll, uh, I want to focus our time more on this part uh, about what the Holy Spirit actually does. Um, so let's see, number one, uh, Michael, actually, can you just read the part of uh, the verse from First Thessalonians? For we know, brothers loved by God, that he has chosen you because our gospel came to you not only in word, but also in power and in the Holy Spirit and with full <coughs> conviction. You know what kind of men we prove to be among you for your sake. Yeah, I really, this is like one of my favorite uh, passages from the New Testament because it talks about how the gospel doesn't, it's not enough to, for the gospel to just come in word, but that the Holy Spirit has to bring it with power and full conviction. Uh, and so the gospel is not just a bunch of like facts or truths that can be affirmed or learned through like rote memorization, but it's it's like a spiritual truth. It's a spiritual power that changes people, that can radically change us. And the only way that it can uh, change us, the only way that uh, the Holy Spirit, I mean the gospel can come to us uh, in that kind of power and that kind of conviction is if the Spirit brings that kind of conviction. Right? So the, Spirit not only communicates, helps to not just communicate it to the mind, but to the heart. Um, and I think that this is kind of like, uh, let's see, I, I was trying to think of like a couple examples. Um, and I think this is kind of like when, uh, like your friend, like let's say you kind of know that you're a shady person, like you kind of know that you're not like the best kind of friend, but when, like, but you kind of know it generally. You talk you know about it. yourself, right? Yeah. Wait, what? <laughs> uh, but like when a friend like like points out like your own issues or your own baggage, like they kind of like are sh- like shining a light in your own like issues, it it helps to make the issue more real, right? It's not just like something that you can talk about theoretically. It's not something that you can just uh, kind of like dismiss, but you have to really deal with it. Um, yeah. Or another example, I just. I had to like go online and look for like sermon illustrations. <laughs> but another example that I found was like, um, you know, like a lighthouse. Uh, they help ships coming to the shore like without crashing into the rocks. And it's not enough for the captain of the ship to know like, oh yeah, I think there's like rocks here maybe. But like the light actually helps to see where the rocks are to help avoid those dangerous, uh, treacherous waters and to come to safety, right? Um, and I think in the same way, it's not enough to just know the gospel in some like fluffy, ethereal, vague way, uh, but the, uh, we need the Holy Spirit to actually shine light so that we know how to avoid the treacherous waters and come safely to His presence. Uh, and so in that sense, the Holy Spirit, we need the Holy Spirit to, another, a fancy word is, uh, the Holy Spirit works in our regeneration, that we cannot uh, 
actually come to God on our own, but the, the Holy Spirit has to make the gospel real to our hearts. And I love, uh, uh, Michael said this, he said this uh, example a couple of months ago in one of the sermons, and he said, like, the best preaching in the world can't make someone come to repentance. And you can listen to, like, the best preaching for hundreds of years, uh, but that isn't enough to change our hearts. Only God, God or the Holy Spirit can make the message so real that it leads us to repentance. So that you can listen to, like, even, like, the rookiest of preachers, uh, like myself, next week. And the Holy Spirit is there, uh, or when the Holy Spirit is there, acting in power, uh, it can change our hearts. Um, I think that's, you know, that's really powerful, because what that tells us is that the gospel is not just an intellectual thing, but it's an experience, right? And, and I remember when uh, I became a Christian, I mean, I, I grew up in the church, but uh, I didn't really believe the gospel. And then, uh, um, uh, what is it, uh, I'd heard the same messages all my life. And then uh, I remember when I was in junior high, I was listening to the same message yet again. Nothing really changed, but then it became real to me. I, I really felt like, wow, I'm a sinner. You know, I need grace. I need salvation. And, uh, and that was the Spirit working in my heart. I, I, I often think about uh, having a baby. Like, intellectually, I knew what it meant to have a baby. It's a lot of work. It's sleeplessness. It's... Um, caring for a child 24-7. So I knew it intellectually. <laughs> Wait, all of you guys know this intellectually, but only Tommy and I have experienced it. And, I, and then let me tell you, there's an enormous difference between experiencing it and understanding it intellectually. And actually, I knew that, I even knew that intellectually. I didn't know it until I experienced it. I think this is why Jesus, for example, talks about... Um, uh, salvation as gaining sight, right? It's like a whole new sense. It's a sensory experience. I mean, that's why it's so hard to talk to a non-Christian because you're, you're like, what's the big deal? And you're trying to explain, but they don't get it. And it's because they don't see. They don't experience. They don't know what you're talking about. It's like me trying to explain to one of you guys. Do you know how hard it is to have a baby and you're just nodding your head, uh-huh. No, <laughs> only Tommy can understand me. <laughs> and I think, yeah, actually, that in some ways this can be really scary because it shows that you can be in the church and you can know the gospel in word, but not know it in power, or not know it in conviction, or not know it experientially. Um, <coughs> so, like, yeah, one of my prayers when I read this verse from First Thessalonians is that the gospel would not just come to me in word. That it would come in power and in the Holy Spirit with full conviction. That that's why, like, we pray so much as we read the Bible. You know, like, that's why we pray so much when we uh, give, uh, when we preach or uh, sing songs. Because it's not enough to just do that uh, motion, right? All right, let's go on. Um, the second thing that we read uh, about the Holy Spirit doing. By the way, there's like there was so much. Like, there's like big chapters on like all the things that the Holy Spirit can do but I just tried to like whittle it down a lot um, but uh, this was a good one um, a second thing that the Holy Spirit does is it guarantees our inheritance Jeff can you read the line from Ephesians in him you also when you heard the word of truth the gospel of your salvation and believed in him were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it 
to the praise of his glory. Control, same thing. While we were still in this in this tent, we groaned, being burdened. Not that we would be unclothed, but that we would be further clothed, so that what is mortal may be swallowed up by life. He who has prepared us for this very thing is God, who has given us the Spirit as a guarantee. Uh, in Second Corinthians, uh, when Paul says, for while we are still in this tent, he's talking about not like, not like a tent that we pitch, uh, but talking about like our mortal bodies, um, how it's still weak, right? And he says, uh, we want to be further clothed so that what is mortal may be swallowed up by life. Uh, the, he's talking about the resurrection at the end of the age when Jesus comes back and we uh, receive our glorified bodies. He says that we want what is mortal, that's our like, bodies right now, to be swallowed up by life, to receive our better bodies, uh, our glorified selves. Uh, and he says that in order to show us, uh, to prepare us for this thing, uh, he who has prepared us for this very thing is God. And he says that God has given us the Spirit as a guarantee. And so what does that mean? Uh, the guarantee is just, uh, some translations will translate this as down payment. And so the idea is basically that we have acquired, we have obtained inheritance, right? Um, um, we have obtained the inheritance, but we have not fully acquired possession of it, right? In, in, first, in Ephesians 1, 14, it says, until we acquire possession of it, inheritance. And so even though we have it, we haven't fully acquired it. Um, and the Holy Spirit is kind of like a guarantee, a down payment showing that God is going to bring the rest of it to come. So like when you buy a car, you put a down payment, right? Or when you buy a house, you put a down payment. And that shows that you are planning on paying more later on. Um, <laughs> so God has given us uh, the Holy Spirit as a guarantee. Um, and I think like um, yeah, an example is when you see the first fruits of the harvest, because like one of, in Romans talks about how the Spirit is the first fruits of our um, of our salvation. He talks about how like when you see the first fruits of the harvest, right? When, the, when you're about to like go harvest, and you see the first little budlings of grain or fruit, you know that that's a sign that there's more to come. That um, you're gonna gather in the full harvest in a couple of weeks. And in the same way. The Holy Spirit given to us shows that this isn't the end, but that we need more is to come. I also think that you know it's important to realize that the deposit is always um, of a piece of the whole, right? So, like when you give that example of you pay a down payment on a car, and if your car is ten thousand dollars and you give a down payment, you give a down payment of a thousand dollars, right? You're you're giving a down payment of what the whole thing is. You don't say like, here's a down payment, five bananas, but I'm gonna give you 10,000 later. They're not, they're not the same, right? Or like, here's five high fives, <laughs> you know? That's my deposit. No, it must be a deposit of which the rest is gonna be just the same as a deposit, you know what I mean? And so, and so the spirit gives us, even here and now, the resurrection life, uh, just not in the full. So even now we're living, we're experiencing it, through this spirit, um, this new life, a life in which uh, we're completely transformed, in which we can uh, be free from the, from the power of sin, uh, a life uh, of uh, knowing Christ. So it's, 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 I think um, it's an amazing thing that we're not like expecting something in the future that's completely and radically and 
totally different and other than what we have now. We have it now. Um, and I think that, yeah, knowing that um, is helpful. Because I think like sometimes when I think about like our economy, like it's not like I was like not sure if this was the best example because you know a lot of people put the down payment and like not to pay the rest, uh, but God <laughs> is going to pay the rest. Uh, God isn't going to like default or anything. Uh, that He's He is going to bring to completion the work that He started in us. Um. All right, great. Uh, and lastly, we know that the Holy Spirit is acts as our comforter. Uh, Wait, read from John. These things I have spoken to you while I am still with you. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring you to remembrance all that I have said to you. And Mary Lou from Romans 8. For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall down to you, but you have received the spirit of God. By whom you are are The spirit himself bears witness with our spirit the of the children of God. And if children, then uh, heirs of God and fellow with Christ, provided you suffer with him, in order that you may also glorify him. Yeah, um, so we read in these verses that the Holy Spirit. <laughs> Um, part of what he does is he brings to remembrance the things that Jesus taught us. He brings to remembrance the truths that are that we have already known. Known. So, like for example, like uh, in Romans eight sixteen, the Spirit Himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. Even though we might know this again on an intellectual level, uh, the Holy Spirit is like uh, ministering to our hearts. He's uh, showing us, he's reminding us that we are children, that we've been adopted. And when you adopt children, I, I don't know if this is true. I haven't adopted children. But when you adopt children, if they become like disobedient, you don't just like kick them out of your house, right? Like, um, you've been adopted, you've been grafted in. Uh, and in that sense, uh, the Holy Spirit reminds us of how committed God is to us. And what, as we learn, as we uh, understand these things, right? That's He's basically preaching the gospel to us. Uh, as we understand these things deeper and deeper, it, uh, it moves us along in the journey of becoming more and more Christ-like, of being sanctified. Uh, and so, yeah, I think this is tremendously encouraging because it shows us that we don't have to try to accomplish everything by our own wisdom or our own intellectual superiority, but it gives us a freedom to come to God in prayer. It, come, it gives us a freedom to uh, not uh, be crushed by condemnation when we sin. And I think uh, Lewis gives a great example at chapter that we just read this past week talks about how God is easily pleased but very hard to satisfy uh, because God is kind of like a father right or when a child begins to walk tell me if this is true um, but when a child begins to walk we're pleased with the child that they are making the efforts to make those first steps but father is not satisfied with it you know, the, the, when the kid is like 30 years old he doesn't want the kid's still crawling, right? And that so maybe Judah still in his diapers. <laughs> You're satisfied. No. Um, so God, in the same way, God is easily pleased but hard to satisfy. And so when we make even the first uh, stumbling steps, or even when we make even like the first um, I don't know, efforts at trying to love Christ, or trying to uh, walk in holiness, 
even though we mess up and we're lame and we crawl and we're noobs, God is pleased with us, but He is not satisfied. He's going to bring completion. He's going to make us perfect through the Holy Spirit working in our hearts, through Jesus coming back and us acquiring our full inheritance. Is that... And I think it's important for us to remember that the Spirit doesn't do this. It's sort of like the super mystical way, like you're just sitting in your room humming to yourself or something. But uh, I'm reminded of uh, last week where I preached that the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, so that the Spirit does this, comforts us through the Bible, through the, through the words in the Bible. I, I remember um, this one time, you know, I'd always known that God loves me as a father. That's always been, you know, I always knew this on an intellectual level. But I remember one time I was reading this passage in Zephaniah. Um, actually, someone was talking about the passage in Zephaniah. And actually, it's going to be our call to worship. But it has this passage where it says, God sings over us like a father to a child. And just that little image, that word image that the Bible gives, you know, that, of God singing over me, you know, and just him delighting over me and loving me as a father. It really, like, connected to me and spoke to me. And then I'm, I'm like, wow, then, you know, I felt the, uh, the comfort and conviction of the Spirit. And then when I became an actual father and I had little Judah and I would sing to him sometimes um, to try to comfort him. And it really hit me even more, you know, that, that conviction that God loves me in that way. And uh, I, I, it's just, uh, it, it's like we, we know, but we don't know. We know in part, but we don't know all the way. And uh, as much, and this is true for all of us. And I think that's the wonderful thing about Christian life and Christian maturity is that you're just going deeper and deeper into, into knowing. Yeah, I think that's a really helpful word because I think even like last week when we were sitting through Lewis, I think some of the feeling was like it felt like too passive. Like, oh, if you let God do this work in you, then He'll make you perfect. Or if you don't resist Him, uh, so this, this idea that like our sanctification, we're like a very passive observer in it kind of like let go and let God but that's not what is what it's really like it's we are we are supposed to take an active participation in the work so it's not just us like like uh, Michael said like just like sitting in the room and letting the Holy Spirit like download information to us. Uh, but it's as we study the word uh, it's as we labor in prayer as we uh, labor in loving one another I think this is why it's important to memorize scripture um, you don't have to memorize it word for word, but if you, if you know scripture so well, and you may only know it intellectually, but that's okay. Just know it intellectually, have it in your mind, and then that gives the Spirit space and opportunity to bring to conviction those words. So when I was singing to Judah, I remember that passage in Zephaniah, and it really impacted me, you know, and it really spoke to me and, and ministered to me. And so uh, we need to be lovers of the word. Um, and some say, oh, it's so dry, so intellectual. Yes, <laughs> but that's the prerequisite, you know, in order for the spirit. Um, and I, I mean, uh, I remember hearing this one line, uh, this one guy said, that, uh, the Holy Spirit, will, He will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. But if you don't know what Jesus said, then how can you bring to your remembrance? Exactly. Right? Like, if, you, <laughs> if the only Bible verses you know are like <laughs> Matthew 28 and John 3.16, then like, when you're, I don't know, dealing with sin or when you're dealing with depression or all these other things, um, how can the Holy Spirit minister to you? Uh, so we need to be steeped in the Word. And I love 
what Michael said a couple of weeks ago about how uh, what it what it means to be drunk or be filled with the Holy Spirit. And he talks about how like in the parallel uh, letter epistle of Colossians, Paul says to be indwelt by the Word, to have the Word dwelling in you richly. So that's helpful. Uh, any comments? Any questions? I didn't talk. I didn't talk. I didn't. Yeah, there's so much more about the Holy Spirit that we talked about. Yes, of the Spirit. I, 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 I would say this also that, you know, a lot of people say, you know, the Holy Spirit seems to sort of take a backstage or background role in, in the Trinity, right? Christ is the center. We're supposed to fix our eyes on Christ. The Bible never says fix our eyes on the Spirit. Uh, shouldn't we be fixing our eyes on the Spirit? But the Spirit delights to take a back role. The Spirit draws our attention to Christ. Um, and so, you know, I think one criticism that people make is, oh, you don't make much of the Spirit. Well, that's because uh, the Spirit's goal is not to make much of Himself. The Spirit's goal is to make us make much of Christ. So that's important. Uh, the Spirit and Christ are equal in value and dignity, but the role of the Spirit is to draw attention to Jesus. Yeah, uh, the, the picture that J.I. Packer gives when he's like, trying to describe this principle is, if, you, if there's like a flood-like uh, focused on a castle or like a palace and it's like so rich and ornately decorated yeah. um, nobody walks by and is like oh look at this floodlight <laughs> look how bright it is look how luminescent it is uh, but we train our eyes on what the yeah that's, that's a really good illustration yeah you, you, you look at the castle you look at the building you don't look at the floodlight but you need the floodlight to appreciate the building Jay Packer <laughs> <laughs> Any last comments, questions? <laughs> All right. Well, next is we'll close with the word of prayer. Father, we thank you for your spirit. And we thank you that you have given him to us so that we might uh, treasure Christ, that we might cherish him more and more. We pray that your gospel, as we hear preached today, that it would come to us not only in word, but that it would come to us in power and with full conviction. We confess that our hearts are so unable to understand you on our own so we pray that your grace would continue to fill us so that we might uh, love Christ and bring him much honor. Praise and praise Amen. Amen.